Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Again, onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepasswordcom slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter uplift desk a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work and that's just the beginning of what uplift desk has to offer with an emphasis on ergonomics and customization uplift desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals whether you're coding designing or podcasting like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the program, ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not because Crash Plan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. Crash Plan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. Crash Plan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With Crash Plan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? Well, it's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, 
Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a productive conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout? Oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Matt Bodnar joins me again for three more things. Initially, I had Matt on the show. I'll link to that in the show notes. You should be able to click on that and listen to the original episode that Matt appeared on. But I used to ask guests to stick around to talk about three more things with me. And this episode has not seen the light of day until now, until this very moment. So enjoy three more things right now with Matt Bodnar here on the Productivity is Podcast. It's time for three more things with Matt Bodnar. Matt, thanks for sticking around. Mike, thanks for having me uh, back to the bonus episode. 
was an easy decision to make. It was a really easy <laughs> decision to make. Um, I want to talk uh, before we dive into uh, to the three things in particular, um, and this might be one of the things depending on how long the story is. Um, but uh, what what caused you to say, you know what, I want to spend time studying the 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 art of decision making? Like, what led you down that path? Because it's 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 kind of um, first off, it's a bit of a decision to make that decision, and secondly, it's 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 a fascinating area that I'm sure is much deeper than most people can even fathom. Yeah. I mean, so it's funny. I basically, I didn't, right. I didn't set out to study decision-making. What I set out to do was study world-class achievers and world-class performers. I studied billionaires, titans of industry. You know, I've read, I have dozens of biographies, you know, um, John D Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, Elon Musk. I've read pretty much everything that's ever been written by or about Warren Buffett. Um, and that's really kind of what got me into this whole world. And I, I started, you know, after reading pretty much everything about Warren Buffett, and if you study him enough, you start to come across again and again, this guy named Charlie Munger. Yeah. And Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's business partner. He's a billionaire. He's an incredible thinker. And I've become obsessed with Munger as well. He's a really, really fascinating guy. Yeah, and, I've, got the, I've got the book, The Tao of, of Munger. I, I, I haven't read it yet. It's one of those books. You know when you go on a buying binge from Amazon? You're like, yep. oh, this is oh, one yeah. of the books. And and, the, and I did not know this about Charlie. And I'll let you jump back in here in a second. But um, I used to work for Costco for like 11 years. And when I was uh, recently the CEO, as we're recording that recently, the CEO, Jim Senegal, he was still on the board. He was still and he's now officially retired. Um, and I didn't realize that Charlie Munger was on the board of Costco and has been for a long, long time. So, yeah, he's goes, a diehard Costco fan. Yeah. And, well, and it makes sense because Costco has a fantastic business model. And, and I don't think he wouldn't spend time with a company that did not have a, a fantastic business model. But continue. And so I would I will throw out one little thing for you and obviously anybody listening. There's if Dow of Munger, I haven't read it actually, um, but the there's a book that encapsulates not only kind of a short biography of his life, but then really his sort of thematic thinkings about the world and how mm -hmm. people should think and decide and all this stuff. It's called Poor Charlie's Almanac. And I would highly recommend reading that as kind of your intro to Charlie Munger, because if okay. you I, I don't know what the Dow Munger looks like, but if it's kind of just like quotes and stuff like that and like little tidbits of wisdom, he can seem very kind of esoteric and, and hard to understand mm -hmm. but once you get like once you kind of learn to speak his language because he speaks kind of strangely too and right. uses like weird words and, and aphorisms and stuff once you learn how he speaks you start to uncover like the incredible wealth of knowledge that 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 he the treasure trove that he's kind of uh packing and sharing with people but back well, to and, and, and and if sorry another, i know i'm gonna cut in again i'm sorry uh but uh you've seen the documentary becoming warren buffett haven't you of course, yeah. Yeah, so if people are interested in – I think – so what you're saying is poor Charlie Zarmack probably so, serves the same uh, that that becoming Charlie uh, – but becoming Warren Buffett does because it, it, it gives you some deep insights as to who Warren Buffett was, is, and, and, and how he's kind of got to where – well, it's called becoming Warren Buffett. So that's another one that I'll throw in there because those two guys, like you're right, they, they are incredible partners and they each bring something unique to the table. For sure. And and the funny thing is like, you know, Buffett and Munger were the first ones that kind of started keying me into some of these principles of decision making. And mm -hmm. the more I started reading and studying across vastly different fields, really successful people, really high achievers, the lessons and the strategies were very, very similar. And and I kind of cobbled them together into this framework that I call the art of decision making. But really, it was not a, a sort of from the outset to say, ah, yes, decision making, I'm going to go deep into that. It was more right. like, I want to study what the hell these guys are doing that's made them so successful. 
and not just Buffett and Munger. Obviously, that was kind of the starting point, but you know, getting into all kinds of people and and really starting to realize like, wow, there's some commonalities here that again and again keep coming up. And and you know, one of them obviously is contemplative routines. Um, you know, I don't know how how much I know we don't have a ton of time in the bonus episode, but you know, another one that is super, super important that that Munger and Buffett talk about and a lot of a lot of other kind of great thinkers and achievers talk about is is focusing and studying things that don't change mm-hmm. or change very slowly over time. Yeah. Right. And, Jeff, and Jeff is, Bezos talks about it, too. Like focus on the things that don't you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's yeah, a exactly. lot of that. That's that like, yeah. like, yeah, everything stores a great a great biography like he's another person that I've studied really deeply and to me again like there's a ton of common themes when you study all these top achievers and you know that idea of when you study stuff that changes really slowly over time and I'm talking about like let's say mastering the principles of psychology right like things like influenced by Robert Cialdini predictably irrational by Dan Ariely these kind Mm -hmm. of books when you study those you're building a really rich and deep framework of knowledge that helps you understand the world and understand human behavior really effectively but when you spend and and so when you master those principles it's really easy to invent the tactics and strategies but when you go and study and spend your time reading articles like the 10 new hacks to improve email (laughs) opt-in rates yeah right like that's comp- like in five years, that knowledge is completely irrelevant because it's and- because it's application based, not so much um, not so much um, the underpinning is not there. Like it, which which is one of the reasons why I don't necessarily write publicly as much. I'll talk about it, but apps like people will say to me, "What's the best to do list app?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And they'll say, "What what's what do you mean you don't? But you're a productivity expert. How do you not know?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know." Are you a paper person? Are you digital? Like there's so many other layers there, but people often assume that if they have the best to-do list app tool or they have Evernote or whatever, that it's going to make them more productive, more organized. But it's like saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a brand new golfer, but if I buy the best clubs, I'm going to be the best golfer. Exactly. No one thinks, no yeah. one thinks that, right? You have to. That's a great I mean, analogy, actually. Right, right. It's like, you know, I would much rather if there's, it, it's, it's about craft, right? Like. And you mm-hmm. can't develop craft quickly. It's just it takes time and nurturing. And so when you're talking about guys like like everyone that you've talked about to this point, um, and Mon- you know, I mean, and and Charles doing stuff about Q reward routine, all that stuff, or routine reward rather. I mean, that stuff, like you said, it's part of human nature. It's the human aspect. And I find that with productivity and with even with things like decision making and and the way the world moves so quickly that it's almost as if we are devaluing the where what the role the human being and human nature plays in these in these in in this in this play that we're in and and that's why you know when i when i talk about time crafting it's about look you do have more time than you have than you think you have you just need to it's a mindset thing, and I think that a yep, lot of people don't totally focus true. on mindset. Anyways, sorry, I know we and and it's a bonus episode, so we can go a little bit longer. But I think that there's a lot to be learned there, and I like how we've combined recommend because I want to ask what reading and what viewing you would recommend. We've now combined the three and four, so now we are going to end up with three things, which is fantastic. So, but but, nice. but um, I want to talk about like the idea of routines, um, and focusing on the things that don't change because like so for example. I have my to-do list app, uh, like set out clothes for tomorrow, prepare breakfast. Like I don't like I know exactly what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow every single day. Buffett did too, right? Like I mean, he knows he. I think in the beginning of that documentary, he has two options: whatever his wife leaves in 
his car for change is what he's going to get for breakfast at McDonald's. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. And it, it, it's, it eliminates. And there's a reason why you hear that presidents and we'll use Obama. It doesn't really matter. Have like two suits because they have more important decisions to make. And, and what kind of routines have you implemented that allow you to kind of adhere to some of the, the people that you've read about? You know, it's funny. I, I've literally been I'm like on the cusp of of like Steve Jobsing my wardrobe, not necessarily the black yeah. turtleneck, but like I, I'm I'm in. I think my wife would probably kill me if I did this, but like I'm inching towards having like two or three outfits and just buying like 20 of the same shirt. And right. Being like, you know what? This is my thing. Like if, if I look good and I like it, like why do I need to keep deviating? Um, well, but, and, but and one of the things I've done is the hat is the project 333 that my friend Courtney Carver does. It's funny because I just shifted to. I do it every six months because so we have very – up in Victoria, we don't really have summer, hot summers, but we don't have cold winters. So I'm able to kind of have 40 items in my clothing wardrobe from pants, shirts, all that stuff. And I just transferred uh, as we're recording this and it's like I have brand new clothes all over again. Even though these clothes are old and I and – I, it, but it's like you get that feeling of, oh, look, I've just got a brand new wardrobe. So I, I'm, I'm with you on the like let's let's make – let's remove the decision factor from – from what we're wearing, all that stuff, but I needed to have a bit of a broader stroke to it, so I didn't feel like I was, yeah, like Steve Jobsing it, like you're talking about. Yeah. Well, anyway, coming back to the the, the fundamental question about routines, um, other than Steve Jobsing my wardrobe, which I haven't done yet, but definitely could happen. Um, I'm, you know, the, the, I I'm definitely a creature of routine, and I, you know, we talked about this in the main interview, but like the way I structure my day is, it, it, you know, begins with the night before, with I kind of set out, let's say, and even really. I, I let's actually start on Sunday because Sunday is where my whole week's architecture yeah, begins. Me too. Sunday, I will spend maybe two hours, uh, and not this isn't like hard productivity time, but like I'll be like watching TV with my wife or something, and it's been like two hours, and I'll consolidate. I'll go through every email, I'll go through my calendar for the previous week and the upcoming week, and then I'll go through my to do list and, and you know kind of cycle through everything, see what's been done, see what's unassigned, all this kind of stuff, and then I'll go through my Evernote and classify any notes that haven't been classified, you know, tag them. And see, like, basically all the notes I created in the last week. And the goal of that process is to kind of prime myself and say, okay, what is the next week going to look like? And what are the kind of key things from the previous week that I want to make sure to carry over or make progress on or, you know, kind of advance in some form or fashion kind of tied to my bigger picture goals? And so that begins on Sunday. And then I'll set out typically every day kind of one to two, uh, you know, MIT's most important tasks that yep. I want to achieve that day. And the way that I that I kind of structure my day is basically at the end of the day, a lot of times I'll kind of pose a question or a challenge for myself um, that I want to journal about the next day. And that kind of primes the subconscious. And there's a, there's actually a, a a neurological phenomenon that's that's based in the science called creative incubation. And mm -hmm. if you've ever had that experience of working on a, uh, a problem, uh, you know, whether it's a video game or you're building something or, you know, you're trying to put something together or whatever – you have this problem, you go have lunch, and you come back, and suddenly, boom, you, you do it right away, and you completely couldn't do it before. What happens is when you consciously focus away from something, your subconscious is recombining and analyzing and processing it and helps you create these kind of novel insights that enable you to immediately kind of overcome that barrier. And, and so I try to harness creative incubation and sort of bring it to bear on specific problems or challenges that I have in my life. And so at the end of the day... I'll try to pose a question into the workday. So not, not when I'm going to bed, but like, let's say five or 6 PM, I'll pose a question to myself, you know, how am I going to deal with, let's say customer acquisition or how am I going to grow this business unit or whatever? And, and, you know, it could be a personal challenge, could be a business challenge and then I'll let it go. 
right? I'll, I'll spend some time with my wife. I'll relax, have that downtime, which is a critical component of being a, a, a really productive and effective person is having downtime and having recovery time. Then the next morning when I get up, I have a very sort of a, a three-part thing that I do before I even check my email and I actually have this app that's amazing. It's a Chrome plugin called Inbox When Ready that, that all it does is just a little button at the top of your inbox and it default hides all of your emails. And all you have to do is click it and it shows you your emails, but it just default hides them so that when I, when I open my, my email, there's nothing there. And so wow. when there's nothing, yeah. when there's nothing there, like I don't get triggered and sucked into like a vortex of email for like 45 minutes. And so all I have to do is click the button, but it's great because I don't have to click the button. And so what I'll do is when I get up first thing in the morning before checking email, all that stuff, I'll meditate for like 15 to 20 minutes. That kind of primes me to get my day started and, and puts me in a good kind of mental state. After meditation, I'll spend about 20 to 30 minutes journaling. And that'll either be a journal about the problem that I've kind of posed the night before or one of the kind of journaling exercises that I love doing and really gets me kind of excited and energized is I'll try to do a creative brainstorm around a problem in my business. And so basically I'll try to come up with like 10 ways to solve a problem or 10 new ways to make money or 10 ways to, you know, you buzzfeed it basically in a lot of ways, like the 10 best ways I can do this or whatever. Yeah, but it's interesting is, yeah, like I'll give you an example. There's a problem that I was dealing with um, and and I was and I've been telling myself in my mental dialogue for about two weeks. It's like, oh, it's kind of intractable. Like there's not really a lot I can do. There's like one to two things that I can think of maybe as solutions. And I was like, you know what? I'll journal on it. But I already know there's not really much I can do. There's maybe two or one or two things. So I journal on it. I came up with 18 solutions in 30 minutes. Right. And I wrote the end of that journal. I was like, OK, like this is proof that the methodology is really effective. You know, there's 18 things that I could be doing that I'm not doing currently that I could start implementing right away. Right. And so that that really gets me excited and primed and, and feeling really creative and helps build that creative muscle. And so I, I, I feel super amped when I do that exercise. I try to do it at least three or four mornings a week. And so I do that after I meditate. Then I'll spend about an hour again. Still haven't even looked at my inbox. I'll spend about an hour on learning time and so that could be reading that could be uh like one of the things i've been getting really into recently is learning a lot of the kind of traditional memory techniques that memory champions and stuff use so memory palaces mind maps like mnemonics visual markers all these kind of elements that can really enhance your your memory it's, it's fascinating stuff so i've been getting really into that um we interviewed this guy on the show named jonathan levy and he talked a bunch about it and got me really excited about it so I, you know, I'll do everything from like building a mind map or building a memory palace in my head to reading a book, kind of synthesizing information, like all that kind of stuff. So that's basically the first two hours of my day. Still haven't done any like quote unquote work, but I've actually, you know, done a tremendous amount of kind of value creation in my own head and prime myself to be, to be really excited and kind of crush the day. And then, then I'll come to kind of the most important task and I'll try to execute on that and crush that, you know, let's say for the next hour. Bef- again, still haven't looked at my email. And and it's funny because I noticed before I got this this inbox when ready app, like mm-hmm. I would spend I would do I would have a similar routine, but every like five or ten minutes I'd go oh, check my email, oh get distracted, send a couple emails, you know, five or ten minutes and my attention was shot. Right. Now I, I you know, today for example, I probably didn't look at my email, didn't look at my in- inbox until about ten AM. And then I had, you know, twenty something unread emails and I literally got to inbox zero in like thirteen minutes. Wow. Right. Do you, fo- so, I mean, do you, you focus on inbox? See, for me, it's not, it's not quite the same. I will look at um, – so I, I don't really snooze emails, but I have like folders that I put them in so I can toss them aside. But it's basically the same thing. It's just you've got this 
Um, are you focused intensely on like if you if you don't get to inbox zero, does that bother you? It bothers me a little bit, but like I'll sit for a week or two with like four or five emails in my inbox okay. if I have to. But like okay. if I have more than ten emails in my inbox, it's a problem for me. Right. Like I just right. can't handle it. Um and like sometimes I just need to snooze them or whatever, like file them away. But but yeah, like the like the the we can talk about inbox zero, but the point I was trying to make is basically like it's crazy because those 17 emails or whatever, those 20 emails that I sent in that 15 minutes, basically, like if those had been sent one at a time in real time over the yeah. course of the previous two or three hours, the attention cost of that would have been monumental. Yes. Right. But the yeah. fact that like I was able to batch it, do it so quickly and still still take care of everything and have the really productive time where I wasn't constantly being derailed and focused is is really high value. And so to me, like having that that morning time before I get thrown into like reactive mode where, you know, this email and that and this demand and people want, oh, what about this? Hey, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy to get distracted in today's world. I really try to carve out the time to have a routine that enables me to prime myself and focus on getting in a great state, focus on, you know, thinking, journaling, getting creative you know, thinking at a high level about my problems. And that journaling is a contemplative routine, right? That's, that's kind of mm -hmm. the, that's the, the thing that we talked about in the, in the main interview that when you spend that time, like sometimes I'll spend that, that morning journaling session doing like an 80, 20 analysis of my life and my business and figure out like, what are some opportunities to cut out things that are wasting my time, cut out things that are distracting me, et cetera. And like my journal session this morning, I basically I'm like I'm days away from having my first child, like the due dates in less wow. than two weeks. And Congratulations. So could pop at any minute. And I was basically brainstorming, like, what are all the strategies that I'm going to use to not only just ruthlessly cut out stuff that's non-essential, but also to make sure that, you know, my projects keep going, my team's ready, like all this kind of stuff so that I can focus for the first couple of weeks on my wife and my child. And so. Right. You know, like that, that I feel way better about that whole process in that system because I took the time to plan out what's going to happen. How am I going to take care of everything and figure out like what are the what are the breakpoints that might happen? How can I address them ahead of time and be ready for when things, you know, when I'm when I am kind of distracted? Matt, thanks for sticking around to talk about three more things. Mike, this has been awesome. Great conversation. Uh, love sharing these insights with your listeners. And thank you so much for having me on the show.